blessed doing episode 132. RE interviews Dennis Mortensen. Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast. Less Doing, more living, more living, more living, more living. Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, it's Ari Mizell. Welcome to the Less Doing, More Living podcast. Nine years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, a little-known, extremely painful, and seemingly incurable disease, which forced me to go down a long road a radical transformation so that I could reduce stress and win back a normal life for me and my family. While extremely painful, Crohn's was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to innovate and create the less doing more living system, which I used to govern my life. Then I was given the gift of starting to teach this system to other people. And over time, I was able to help more and more people through a video course, this podcast, and the less doing more living book. Now I have the privilege of working with some of the world's top business minds, including Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, Dave Asprey, and Jordan Harbinger, who have all decided to join me for the first annual Less Doing Live Summit that I'm holding in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. To get more information on the Less Doing Live Summit, you can go to the URL lessdoinglive.com, or you can also find links to the event on our main site, lessdoing.com. Now enjoy today's podcast, and if you listen to the end of the show, I am going to give you more information on this event, as well as a way you can earn a free copy of my book, Less Doing, More Living. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 132. Good morning, Felix. Hey, mate. How's it going? Uh, it's good, except for the fact that it's seven degrees out right now. Yes, it is very cold as we record this. Yeah. I, I have I've to ever s- been anywhere so cold, <clears throat> to be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I have to say that it's the like the biting aspect of the wind, like the the whipping you in the face that just really kills me. I just can't yeah. can't deal with it. So, anyway, uh, happy to be inside a warm little booth recording with you right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So today's interview was with Dennis Mortensen, and it was my first in person interview for the podcast, which was cool. And Dennis has this service called Amy, which is a smart personal scheduling assistant thing, which I'll let him explain a little bit more about. But we have a bunch of links to get to today. So I want to start right in. Okay. The first the first one is, so we talked about little bits before, you know, little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have a five week online course that starts February 23rd. And yeah, and it's online. So I'm imagining it will be, you know, keep going after that. But basically it's, the course is called learn how to invent anything. So, Mm what they're trying to teach people obviously is how to use little bits to basically build whatever invention you kind of come up with, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And you know, well, why don't you just give everyone a quick introduction to what little bits is. For those oh yeah, of course. No idea, so little, li- won't. yeah. So little bits is, is physical circuit board stuff. And basically they're all magnetic. And yeah. so instead of having to learn how to solder or how to really create complex circuits, you literally just take these modules and snap them together. And they're meant for kids, but 
it's just like Legos, like adults have been using this stuff to make some pretty advanced things. Um, and there's a whole hacker community out there that's using little bits to make all sorts of really, really cool devices. So you'll have a module that you know reacts to sound, and then you'll have a module that lights up and a module that's a switch. And you just sort of connect them together in mm. series. And it, it's very like if this, then that, but in a physical way. Yeah, and there's like a servo one, so you could have it like click a physical button if you wanted it to so you could actually like mount it onto something like a light switch and it would actually switch a light switch on you know well and that's what you and i had and that's what you and i had originally talked about using it for Mm. was for turning off your computer that's right i actually came up with a a slightly simpler solution but um not as not as fun solution but um i just got a cable a longer wire but um (laughs) but it's um it's a really cool um Anyone who has, I would say, anyone who's techie like us, who has kids who are a bit older than our kids, I would say, Julian's not quite ready for it. Um, people with like six, five-year-old, or six or seven-year-old boys, I would say there's a lot of fun to be had here. Check yeah, it out, little bits. Uh, absolutely. So, and this one, again, is teaching you how to invent anything. So it's really how to use little bits to basically <clears throat> at least prototype an invention idea. So it's really great. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Uh, so there is a, a a thing, a device called Keeker. K-E-E-C. Yeah. Okay. You, you like this, this? This is like, this is the most futuristic thing I've seen on, uh, at least on this part podcast, yeah. if not in many things for a long time. You so, want to talk about it? Go ahead. Um, no, I think you'll do it a much <laughs> better job and then I'll chime in. Okay. So Keeker is a, it looks like a, it looks like a projector, basically, but it's very sleek and it's it's this white like bubble. And it's like a it's, projector on on wheels. That's um, wheels around. It's it's a bit like RTD two R two D two with a with a projector coming out the top of it, right? From Star Wars, which is you know? basically R two D two, right? He, does he have a? Pro- he does have a projector, of course. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like R two D two, but I don't think it <laughs> yeah, talks. it's basically R two D two, and it seems to somehow connect um, to your phone. And project whatever's on your or the ability probably through AirPlay or other things if you're using an Android. I imagine mm. I couldn't really seem to get many details on it, but it will project whatever's on your phone onto a screen, as well as doing a whole load of other stuff. From what I can tell, yeah. And it, this it basically is R2D2, by the way. So when you're not at home, you can use it to like go around your house and look at things and you know show you video. It also has temperature, humidity, CO2 levels, sensors in it. So you can like, you know, check out your house where from wherever you are. It'll project anywhere you want uh, mm-hmm. a screen. So you basically can be like, oh, I want to watch a movie right here. So Kiker, come here. And it comes over and it can project a, uh, a screen for you to watch movies or to play games. Yeah. It's basically this is like R2-D2. That's, that's a very good, that's a very good uh, way to call it. And it got, I see it got, um, well, they only needed a $100,000 goal. I'm pretty surprised. Um, and do they, do we know how much they're trying to sell it for or there's no, was there any pricing? No idea. No idea. And my guess. Oh, is- no, no. Here we go. Um, if you pledge two and a half thousand dollars, you'll get, if you pledge $2,000, this is, I'm looking at the Kickstarter page here. Okay. You'll save an incredible $3,000 off the retail price and receive a special <laughs> Kickstarter edition. So I guess they're going for, it's a. It's it's not going to be cheap. It's no. five thousand dollars, but it would be exceedingly cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's also my guess is if they're trying to raise a hundred thousand, that's one of those Kickstarter campaigns that's like the first stage, you know. And oh, really? Uh, yeah, okay. and then they'll probably have another like an actual seed round or something like that. But yeah. it's a very, very, very cool device. I'm, I'm I think it's uh, yeah. pretty, pretty badass. So yeah, I'd be very excited about this. Very excited. <laughs> um, oh, so I wanted to mention I I got a new product last week that I was trying out and it's, I, I posted this on Instagram, but it's from on it and we love on it labs here at less doing. They make some really great products. And this new one is called their whole spice matcha chai latte. Oh yeah. Is this is, I, I've been having it every morning for the last three or four days. It's so good. So it's, <clears throat> it's chai tea. It's green tea. Yeah. Ginger and turmeric. So it's very anti-inflammatory. It's really, really good uh, wow. for for this season, especially. And it's sweetened with stevia, which is fine. And uh, but turmeric, particularly, is a really great anti-inflammatory. It's got the active ingredient of curcumin in it. So, so what, what do you use an anti-inflammatory for? Like on an everyday. Well, basis, I mean, I, I like I, I like it in general. Obviously, for you know my my history of Crohn's, I like to be as anti-inflammatory as I can be. But in general, oh, okay. you know, if, if we're dealing with cold season and you're you know you're congested, anti-inflammation stuff will help with that. If you're working oh, really? out, it'll okay. help to be anti. Yeah, of course, it's going to help with all of that stuff. And this provides just a really big shot of energy too. I mean, it's it's green tea, it's chai tea, it's got these these really like energizing. Uh, spices in it and it is delicious i love oh, it really wow yes you, you just put a scoop of it in hot water and it's like an instant chai latte and what's it called again uh it's called it's from on it labs and it is the whole spice matcha chai latte oh okay well be sure to put that in the show notes yeah yeah, yeah absolutely right. so um that's really good and then there's a quote that i heard yesterday on Dave Asprey's podcast, he was interviewing Jeff Hayes. And I just really, really liked this quote. Uh, he said, he was talking about entrepreneurs and, and being, you know, and working and, you know, being productive. He said, if you want to add, subtract. And if you want to multiply, divide. And okay. what he was saying was basically, so if you want to do more, you have to subtract all the unnecessary stuff. Mm. And if you okay. want to multiply your efforts, then you need to divide and conquer. I see. That's a good way of thinking of it yeah i really i really liked that i thought yeah. that was cool so i just wanted to throw that in there um okay so the, the the next link is called valet anywhere and we've spoken about apps like this before uh, but this one is in new york now and basically anywhere you are you pull out the app so you're in your car you drive somewhere you pull out your phone and you you pick you know you do the valet anywhere app and somebody comes to wherever you are and they take your car and they go park it Wow, that's really cool. Now, I, w I was looking at this. I see that it's it's um, it they will come to you like instantly. Um, I imagine this works in the same way as Uber. It will come instantly in like a in basically lower Manhattan, from what I can tell, and then it will cover the whole of Manhattan for long term parking. But at least, right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, so were, were, were is this the one you told me about before? Or were there any others that you mentioned? We've um, we've talked about others before, but they were all like in San Francisco. This is a this is the first one I've seen that's in New York City. Oh, really? And have you used this one? No, so, I haven't, and I, I wanted to try it, but the only problem is that right now they're they're sort of in beta, and you have to you have to request the valet two hours in advance. Oh, you see, well, that's what I would like. You see, now it doesn't, but what we want. Why would you? Oh no! Okay, tell me. Why would you like that? Because we were talking about making a trip into the city and uh, into New York City, and you know, going to the Natural History, or actually not Natural History Museum, going to the 
the Met Museum of Art, and then um, wanting to go across town, but the problem would be parking at that time, and with the snow and everything, we don't really want to get stuck out in the cold. So it would be well. So this would be a perfect that. thing. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's six dollars an hour. So for for the the amount of time that they hold the car, yeah, yeah, which is nothing, yeah, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you. Um, I think you should try this then, because that's a perfect use case. You know, right before you guys leave the Hamptons, you you request it, mm-hmm. and then they can meet you wherever you want, and then you guys go about your day and decide where you want them to pick you up. And it's it's you know it it's within two hours. I mean, they can do it. It probably will be quicker realistically, but yeah. they gar- guarantee it within two hours for six bucks an hour to park a car in New York City and have it delivered to you wherever you want. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, right. The um, I guess the only thing is. Uh, convincing um or at least us getting over the sort of fear hump of someone else driving my wife's car but if we can do that then um then it could be worth it have you ever had anyone else drive you have haven't you many many times i've had i've had task rabbits drive my car a ton of times yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean you you have to look at how so first of all this company they they have their own insurance so that's that's simple. Uh, but even for like Geico, my insurance does cover, I think, the occasional other driver to, to for certain, like it, the, you have to oh, look yeah, at- Oh yeah, most of them, most of them do cover. Yeah, I, I have that set up. Yeah. It's just the, you know, just the initial fear, you know, and, um, and my wife, you know, understandably is naturally <laughs> apprehensive of those kinds of things. Um, right. But I think she could get there. So you never know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you should say, yeah, sounds like a great idea. She's always up for trying these kinds of services. So. Well, that's yeah. nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay. So the uh, the next thing there was um I love I've loved stumble upon. Have you ever gotten like gotten into stumble upon at all? I haven't really gone into it, but I have seen many many um, things from it. So many many it, articles on it. Sorry. Yeah. So the, I just found this one. It was like twenty seven diagrams that make cooking easy, like so much easier. Okay. So there, there's there, there's a couple of really cool ones. One of them was about substitutes. So if you like, for instance, if you don't have chocolate, then you can use baking cocoa and shortening, uh, for instance, or if you don't have, uh, where is it? Honey. Yeah. I really like this, this article, sugar and water. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to print it out right now. Uh, and then there, there was another one that I really liked here. Oh yeah. 10 easy homemade soups. This is like really cool. So there's one that's, uh, Tortilla soup, right? So it's like scallions, shredded chicken, cayenne, chicken broth, tomatoes, and jalapenos. And then like that's, and just throw that all in the pot and that's it. Uh, and then there was one other here that I really oh. liked. I'm just trying to find it because there's a bunch here. And uh, where is it? There we go. Oh, marinating times. This was cool too. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. for like, for which, and by the way, this I had no idea. So I, I used to do this thing in college where I'd get like a tuna steak. And I would, I'd get it before school in the morning, uh, before college, or when I was in college. And oh, I put yeah. it in the, I put it in the fridge with a marinade, and then I would make it that night. So it, to me, I'm like, oh, it's marinating for like ten hours. It's going to be so juicy and delicious. What this is saying is that for fish and shrimp, the minimum time to marinate is fifteen minutes, and for the maximum is thirty. Oh, really? So, and oh. what, what I, th- I believe, I'm pretty sure what that means is that you're really not going to get any benefit beyond the thirty minutes. Yeah. Whereas, well, you know what? I did actually, I did just, we got a very good cookbook recently that was actually saying the same thing. It wasn't in as quite as scientific as that, but it said, you know, we actually didn't notice any difference between these, um, these marinating times. Um, there wasn't a noticeable difference between overnight and like half an hour. So, yeah. Um, so that's, and which, which corroborates that obviously. 
And then this is, well, sorry, this was actually the one that I really wanted to tell. So it's what to do if a dish is too spicy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yes. I, I thought Claire would like this because, I mean, Claire makes those curries that are amazing. But uh, so it says dairy. One of the things it says is dairy temper spice. So stir in a tablespoon at a time of yogurt, sour cream, milk, coconut milk, or mild cheese mm-hmm. to, to counteract overly hot flavors. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I generally use. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So the, anyway, the only really thing helpful. is be careful when you reheat the dairies because you can because it can curdle. Um, but yeah, yes. that's exactly. And if anyone, if you've eaten a, uh, if you're having your head blown off because you just bit into a chili in a curry that you're eating, same deal. Dairy produce. Do not drink water. Yogurt and milk, best thing, or sour yep. cream, or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know um, why that is, right? Uh, no, go ahead. So the, the active protein in, or the, the main protein in dairy, the dairy protein is, is casein oh, yeah. and casein directly counteracts and shuts down capsaicin, which is the element of spice in spicy food. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, this, this site's great. I'm just downloading. Cause I saw, I saw this when I was going through the show notes last night, um, I'm just dragging and dropping all of these screenshots onto my desk, all of these um, JPEGs from the site onto my desktop. Um, see, so great. I've got like 12 of them already. So see, like very, very small into, example there. I, there's, 20, there's 27 of them. I would literally have forwarded that to Fancy Hands and said, just send me all these pictures. Oh, that's a good idea. Just saying. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I clipped it into Evernote, but it, it tends to do a better job of its, um, yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll do that right now. Good idea. Good idea. I didn't realize there are 27 of them. Yeah. Well, okay. So then the next one is called Sign Up Sumo. And this this is this is more specific to people who are like doing some some sort of internet marketing, which I feel like a lot of people are now. Uh, sure. Yeah. Basically what it will do, it's just a it's a very basic thing, but what it'll do is Somebody signs up for your mailing list and it's going to take that email address and cross-reference it and try to see if that person is a quote-unquote VIP based on like social media and stuff. Yeah, I was, yeah, this is very, I I thought that's what it was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it will alert you. It'll, so, you know, it'll be like, uh, you know, Brad Pitt just signed up for your, you know, your mailing list like, and, and, or, but not because it's Brad Pitt, but because he has, you know, thousands of Twitter followers and blah, 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 blah. So Mm. I just got, um, I just had the. The actress who is, um, or voiceover, you know, person who is the voice of Siri, follow me on Twitter, which I thought was pretty cool. Don't know why she's following me on Twitter, but I was very flattered. How did so, you know? Wait, how do you, how do you know who she is? Well, it's got a notification from from Twitter saying, you know, this person signed up, and then in in her bio it says, you know, I'm she's the voice Susan, of Siri, Susan something, and uh, it said, you know, you'll know me as the. As the voice of, of Siri. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That is that is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the next one so is that an app. kind of thing would be alerted, you know. Yeah, sure. Quite a, yeah. All right. So the next one is an app for uh, Android and iOS, and it's called Pacifica. So this is one of the many stress management tools that we like to talk about here. And this one... Is based on cognitive behavioral therapy, so CBT for those who know. But basically, cognitive behavioral therapy is a a technique in psychiatry where you are basically 
changing your relationship to not emotions specifically, but it's it's more about like how you, how you ch- you change your perception of certain situations. So mm-hmm. somebody gets very anxious by certain things, then it's not so much about like talking through the anxiety, but actually changing the way that you would respond to that thing that causes the anxiety. Uh, so okay. this is they've packed this into an app supposedly and it basically using cognitive behavioral therapy and relaxation techniques it helps you do activities that will actually help you be more or be less stressed rather it tracks your mood you can record thoughts and try to learn negative patterns and things so this is a pretty interesting quantified self type of look at stressing less so I i really like it I've, now, I was really interested in this, um, and um, not for myself, but I think it's a, it could be a really valuable tool. And I was wondering, what's the, is it just the, the price of the app, or is there like a subscription? And I was wondering if you've tried it at all. Um, I have, I tried it, I played around with it, and I, I, it's good, I think it's good. And no, no, there's no, I don't think, at least for now, there's there's any in-purchase in-app purchases. So no, it's just the app. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, and I, I thought it was I would, pretty good. I would use it for myself, actually. No, I would definitely try that out, you know, because there's lots of... Um, well, yeah. you know, it's, it's one yeah. of those things you don't know if you need it until you yeah. try it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Until you actually get some benefit from it. Yeah. Especially so, the thing... So, you, so you, you said there are in-app purchases, you said, or... No, no, there there isn't. There oh, is wow. not. So um, wow. and and, how much is the app? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I'll tell you. It's oh, the app is free. <laughs> wow. App is free. Wow. I probably should remember that, but yeah, the app is free. There's no in-app purchases uh, except for I, oh, oh, you know what? That's, I guess I haven't gotten to that yet. There is a subscription, and it's uh, it's three ninety nine if you want to get it. So I, I guess per, I, per use, month? I uh, I'm not even sure. It's oh, it must be like, yeah, okay. 20, 30, 30 bucks per year to three ninety nine per month. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but obviously so, to, to try it out and get into it. Yeah, I, I I hadn't come across that yet, so I guess there's a free part to it. Cool. Okay. So, I'm, but I'm it's it's nice. Later. One of the things I thought was pretty cool here is that you can record your negative and positive thoughts, and you and you list them as such. You know, so you could be like, "Oh, I'm really excited right now about this," or you can say, "You know, oh, I'm so stressed out about this," and it will show you a pattern of when you have negative or when you have positive thoughts. It's good to have that outlet. I think it's 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 an interesting yeah. take. Absolutely. I'm I'm downloading it right now. Cool. Yeah. So, so uh, the next one is called WellPath, and I I like the concept. I, I haven't gotten to try this yet, but I really like the concept. Basically, you do a uh, a wellness consultation, mm-hmm. and then you get a custom wellness solution. And the solution is in terms of like protein powders and supplements that yeah. they package up and send to you. It's very bespoke looking, and then uh, you can track and monitor improvements to nutritional health. So. It's it's pretty neat. Like so, y- you go through. You know, I'm a I'm a competitive athlete, so they're going to be, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just maybe you're more sedentary. But they can look at mental focus and your libido, immune immunity, uh, your physical appearance, all that kind of stuff. And then they will basically you you know you'll get a multivitamin or some fish oil or maybe a probiotic, and mm. it'll all be prepackaged for you. Oh wow. And ship to you regularly, uh, and it also includes uh, basically they do like this customized. I guess it's like a protein powder. So really interesting. That no, it's really, I really like the look of that. Yeah, 
Yeah. So yeah. and and so the, what they're putting in there, which is really great, is they're doing the customized solution, but then they're also doing the tracking with you as well. I see. Yeah. So it's it, this seems like it's worth a try if you feel like you don't necessarily know what your like what there's so many cell phones out there. Maybe you don't know what you should be taking or what your goal should be. And this is a really good place to start. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Pat. Okay. So then the last, the last thing I want to talk about is an article on the art of manliness again, and it's called how to develop the situational awareness of Jason Bourne. Yeah. I thought this would be right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. So, we always we, we talk a lot about in less doing about self awareness or about awareness in general, and how all these things are happening all the time that people are just sort of blissfully unaware of, and if you you're not measuring things, then it's hard to track them, that kind of thing. So, one of the things that they suggest is sort of practicing this and putting yourself in a position for optimal observation. And if you think of, so like if you're in a restaurant or something and you, you want to be in a place where you can sort of see your surroundings, obviously you don't want to be like stuck in a corner looking at the wall. And then you practice sort of what, what they call the A game. Okay. So you just start to make note about the environment, like the number of workers, the clothing and gender of the person sitting next to you, that kind of thing. And then you, you just make note of it. You make like a, an actual, you know, in your mind, you're like, okay, this is this and this is this. And you just play that game with yourself and then maybe try to recall it later. And it, it just, again, it becomes a game. And as we talked mm-hmm. about la- last week with the, was it the Navy SEALs and grit about how, you know, turning like survival into a game. Mm-hmm. We know that we know that that can be very helpful. Wow. So um, that's that's one thing. Another thing is establishing a baseline wherever you go. So anytime you come into a new situation, whether you're walking into a room or a new country or anything, you sort of just take note of what's going on in the environment, who's there, what you know, what the layout of the area is. Like you just have to get yourself in that habit of mm. starting to look for things, yeah, and rather sure. than just you know. The the opposite version of this would be the person looking down at their phone, texting, walking down the street, bumping into people. <laughs> I think that's a very good way of yeah that's a good way yeah (laughs) so anyway that's all we got for today and the interview with dennis mortensen is going to go up next and oh actually sorry there was more one more thing i wanted to mention is so we got a couple really great interns working for me now less doing interns yeah and they've been awesome and i'm really excited about the project we're working on i want more I want more interns. So I'm putting this out there now that if you are interested in being a less doing intern, you'll get some very, very great benefits in terms of working on your own personal productivity and get to work on some of my really fun side projects. And in addition to that, and it could be the same person, we are looking for less doing live volunteers. So for the live event, which is May 1st through 3rd in New York City, we're looking for volunteers for the event to help with with uh, organizi- organizing and being there at the day to, to help with logistics and that means that you'll get a free ticket, which is worth $3,000 to be at the event and experience all of the great content that we're going to be producing and then help out with the Less Doing movement. So if you are interested in either of those things or both, just get in contact with me at lessdoing.com slash contact. So Felix, thank you very much. Well, thank you, man. Always a pleasure. And talk to you soon. And now for Feature Interview. Okay, so now I have the uh, extreme pleasure of speaking with Dennis Mortensen. So, Dennis, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. 
Thanks so much for having me. So, first of all, this is the first podcast interview, well, the first interview for the podcast that I've done in person. So, this is this is very exciting for me. Um, and it just so happens that Dennis and I are in the same co-working space, which is relevant to the story of how this meeting was scheduled. Because Dennis is the founder of a company called Amy. That's the name, right? It's Amy. Yep. Okay, so first of all, and I'll, I'll say how it's relevant in a minute, but tell everyone what Amy is. So, we've set out to remove a pain that... I think everybody will recognize the pain of having to set up a meeting. So I'm not sure how you do it, but the way it works for me is I come home, I spend a long day at work, I check my email, I'm in my underwear, it's 11.30, and as I see an email from you, I know almost instantly whether we're going to meet up or not. Good sure. meetings, not so good meetings, things I've got time for, things I really don't have time for. But everything between me having made up my mind of having to spend time with you and actually sitting here today is just pain. You know, the pain of scheduling a meeting. Mm -hmm. The way most people work this is simply through email because the request tends to come in through email. Unless it's a very personal friend for where it might come in over text or some other channel. But any business meeting today for the most part comes in over email. And it'll look like this. Hey, Dennis, I'm in New York next week. You've got time to meet up for a cup of coffee or something similar. The way you tend to reply to it is simply, oh, sure, perhaps. Could you do Wednesday? They'll say, not really. I can do Thursday. You say, sure, Thursday. We're going to be after four. You say, four? Can you do 4.30? He says, yes. I say, 48 wall. He says, something else. And that's the ping pong that we've uh, come to recognize. Right. I don't want to create yet another app that tries to kind of do half the task I'm not saying I'm right here, but that's not what I want. Right, sure. What I want is something for where, when I do know, in bed, 11.30, in my underwear, that I want to meet up with you, I want to be able to hand that job, and that's the key word here, hand over that job to somebody else. I just don't have the luxury being able to hire a personal assistant at 45K to do the job for me. It's what I want, though. I want to be able to say, hey, Amy... Could you be so kind to set something up come mid-next week with my friend from back home? Send archive. All I've done here is CC and Amy, and you know what? I couldn't care less how she figures it out. She could be a 45K person at the office. She could be somebody outsourced to the Philippines. She could be, like us, an AI-driven personal assistant. But that doesn't really change how I want to use her. That's really just how the owners have figured out to manage her but right now, I just want her to do the bloody job. And that's the business that we're in. Yeah, okay. So that's, and it is a very big pinpoint. I think that there was a, do you remember Tungle? Yes, okay, of course. So, so I, I loved Tungle when it existed, but uh, they had a statistic that based on something that they'd done that said the average number of emails it takes to schedule a meeting is seven. You know? So we have a current statistic. And oh. You're actually not far off. I can give you some of the raw data Please, if you want to play yeah. with it. So we looked at... About 12,000 meetings, I can give you the number if you want to add this to the uh, post itself. And what we found was that on average, in those 12,000 meetings, we saw 8.01. So when you say 7, uh, that's actually not uh, too disconnected. Yeah. So 8.01 emails is being invested into every meeting that we set up. Good ones and bad ones. And you know what? That's probably what it takes. What happens here, though is that we found that there's a difference between doing a human-to-human -human negotiation and doing a human-to-machine negotiation. Mm, yes. 
And I'll give you two kind of uh, parameters or kind of metrics for where the machine is just slightly better. I think humans are 10x better at many other things, but this one, the machine just does much better. So we look at one, which is days to schedule. There's some pleasure both in you and me having agreed to meet up, having it scheduled as fast as possible. I don't want to kind of spend a week and a half trying to kind of set this up, so the quicker we can set it up, the better. So when a human and a human try to do this, not out of disinterest, just out of being busy and my inbox and I'm in meetings and this and that, we spend about two and a half days. <laughs> that is the back and forth. When we do the machine, which is us, so Amy at X.AI, that's the machine. She doesn't sleep. She's up at 3 a.m. She replies, you know, pretty fast. She spends about a day and a half. So that means we've been able to kind of take the days to schedule from two and a half days down to a day and a half. That I find kind of uh, interesting. We've also seen that the amount of emails, we've been able to squeeze that down just a little bit to the current amount of emails. And the reason for that is that we can do things that you and I just can't do as humans. So we can go apply a testing methodology to see if I suggest two times or four times or three times, oh. what will yield the best result? You might do a thousand meetings in a year, like me. And I think I've really nailed it, but a thousand from a data science point of view is nothing. Right. We'll do tens of thousands of meetings over and over again. That means if I bold this part, is that going to cut down this to from 8.0 to 7.90? So slowly over time, I can find the perfect vocabulary for how we set up a meeting. That's really fascinating. So I wasn't aware of that element of it in terms of you're basically doing like A-B testing in the way that you suggest yes. meetings. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and, and I get that too because uh, one of the things, you know, so we'll talk about schedule once about this in a second because yeah. I, I so I, I've been using schedule once forever I love schedule once but in my one brief experience with Amy I'm pretty much sold on the idea of it so just want to put that context there with schedule once you can require how many possible times the person has to give you yeah. and and I used to put you know, a lot of people start with two. And the problem with that is some people will be like, oh, well, I can do 10 and 10, 15. So then I tried four and people would email and be like, I, I can't find four times. You know, so now it's back to two and it, it's fine. But it, it, it's an interesting point. So if you're suggesting two versus four versus three different things, like sometimes too many options might be an issue. That's fascinating. And that's just, remember, that's just one parameter. Yeah. Then things that you don't even notice. So how do I ask you for the times? That slight change in tone for where I push for the first one actually assures me that by a large factor most people come back and choose the first one. Yeah. Less deliberation over which one should I choose here because I've somewhat suggested without you kind of even noticing it that it's the first one we're going to go for. Why is the first one bold? Again, I put a little bit of focus on it without saying that it has to be this right. One. So there's a hundred different little tactics that we've been able to test that just makes the conversation being natural, but I'm slowly moving you along an avenue which I've tested before. There, it's funny actually. I just realized in one of the, in the email that Amy used to set up our meeting, there was something that was underlined. Um, so I, I'm going to figure out what that was while we're talking about this. But so so just to give the context here, yeah. Yeah. So. Dennis and I had a, a Twitter conversation about schedule once, and then we decided to do the podcast. And I 
as I always do, I like to put these kinds of services to the test. So I basically sent an email to Dennis, which he then copied Amy on. And I said, I was like, I need I need 30 minutes sometime between 9.30 and 1.30. It has to be on a Monday or Wednesday. The next two weeks don't work. And I'd like to do it over Skype. And I threw some other parameters in there. Yeah. And what I got back was not a series of emails, but I got back a calendar invite with the exact right time that worked for me. And it obviously worked for you. But even better than that, because I was impressed with that, every time I do an interview with somebody, pretty much every single time, I have to email them an extra time to ask them for their Skype ID. Amy, put your Skype ID right in the location. I was very, very happy with that. So I think, and, and here's the, and I'm biased, so everybody can kind of deduct that from any commentary which I have. And that's okay. That's my job to be biased. So, so I fall in love with this whole idea of XAI and Amy being able to do this for me. But I think there's a difference between that of using an app and that of trying to kind of recreate a personal assistant. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head here, which is that in many of my meetings, if not almost all of them, I have a set of constraints. Yes. It might not look like constraints, but they are. I have urgent meetings. I have meetings that are not so urgent. I have things which I need to do before other things. I have things which I can only do once I finish this part. So I want to be able to not send out three times, but I need to be able to tell Amy that, hey, set something up with John once I return from CES. Because the whole point is that I need to bring John something from CES, whether that be opinion, gadgets, or what have you. Or can you set something up with John and his associate? You know what? I don't even know who his associate is. Then right. Amy needs to ask for it. Hey, could you set something up um, next week come the end at an afternoon? Perhaps, you know, once we're done with work. That's what I think, but I don't need to kind of translate that myself into a set of times. Right. Amy, you translate that because I've told you when I finish work. Just like, as you suggested, I told you about my Skype ID once. Remember it forever. Yeah. So if you use the word like Skype, sure. Dennis is casual about his Skype ID, so you can just hand that out. She does all sorts of other kind of nifty little things for where you might ask, hey, can I get Dennis's cell phone number? Which you won't hand out, because I'm not as casual about my sure. cell phone number as I am about my Skype ID. So she'll actually ask me, hey, are you asked about your cell phone number? Can I hand that out or extend it to the invite? And I'll say, sure, that's okay. You should go ahead and do it. What if you say no? Then she'll just uh, go back and she has a very polite way of declining things that don't even look like declining. Uh-huh, okay. Whether that be times or information or what have you. So who slash what is Amy? Amy is an AI-driven personal assistant. I want something for where you are just a little bit in doubt of whether I have a human sitting around doing this or whether I've got 400 people in the Philippines doing this. I want something which is so natural that my mom isn't intimidated about the fact that I can't learn a new app, I can't figure out the syntax for this. If you can speak English, you can use Amy. Yeah. If you can tell her, set something up next week, set something, over, set something up over the next couple of weeks, send something up early February, 
Hey, let's spend half an hour on the phone once you're back from uh, the West Coast. If you can say that, then you can use Amy. So that's what I want. And I want something which, and it might not be the right word, but that's kind of how we baptized it. There's two things that we really focus on. One, we want invisible software. <laughs> we don't want an app. We don't want a plugin. We don't want an extension. We don't want a web service. We want something for where, if you can figure out how to do email, speak English, you can use this. There's nothing to install there. There's no password to remember. That's the one part. That is really super important to us. Two, we want something that is not yet another query, but it's something that does a job. I'll give you an example here. So if you and I are going to head out to Miami next weekend, we're going to do the job. We might use Expedia to kind of query flights. We might use Hotels.com to kind of query hotel rooms. We're doing the job, though. Amy, I don't want her to kind of query my calendar and give me some free time. No, no, no. You do the job. Once you've done the job, you can run away for days and work on it. Then you come back to me. So those are kind of the two kind of primary kind of backdrops for anything which we do. So now for instructions to Amy and stuff. So what you literally just email Amy and say like, I, I only like to work at these times yep. or this is where I like to have coffee, that kind of thing. See, what you described is something for where most people would assume, can you give me the uh, x.ai slash settings page? Yeah. Because I want right. to go set that up. Where's the checkbox, the radio button, the drop down? I don't want a checkbox, a radio button, a drop down. Because if you hired a personal assistant tomorrow, you wouldn't ask her, hey, can I see your features? Right. She would punch you in the face if you, if you asked her that. So I want you to just email Amy and say, hey, I don't like meetings after six o'clock. I'd rather not have meetings too early on Mondays. And can you do most of my meetings at 40 minutes? Because you somehow figure out that is what fits you best. Mm. I like most meetings at 48 wall. I would also like a buffer time of 30 minutes between meetings because I'm not a sales guy and I need to kind of just mentally reset before I do the next meeting. All sorts of things like that. You just tell her. That makes my job 10x harder because people will ask us to do things that we either you know, don't do just yet or we do do it but they said it in such a way that oh, I couldn't recognize that just yet so I need to have that fall back have it re-annotated have it trained upon so come next time I can figure this out but that's the world I live in right now for where I'm training sure. Amy to be able to understand this so, and then what about your seeing your current schedule? Does it integrate with Google Calendar? Or? So right now we integrate, or integrate is just a grand word. Yeah. We have visibility into Google Calendar. So I know when you're busy, when you're not, how you manage your calendar, which meetings you did in the past, so on and so forth. So it's just you share your calendar basically. Exactly, with that's Amy. what you do. Um, so she can't actually put appointments in the calendar, but she'll send you the invite and then you confirm it. Yes. That's good, I think, actually. It gives you a little bit, because the issue that I think some people might have but that's, that sort of solves it is that, oh, I'm going to ask for this meeting, and I don't know what Amy is, and then I'm going to forget about it, and what if she never gets back to me? But in this case, you're getting the calendar invite, so it's that you know, two-second reminder. Yep. It's like, this is done. Good. Okay. Yep. So we do, just to add to that, uh, without going into full you know, advertising mode, but no. uh, um, one and again, I think this is where the machine is just superior to the human. If you ask the machine, 
or Amy to do anything, she'll never forget. Yeah. If you ask a human to do anything, yeah. she'll most likely not forget, but that sticky note, sometimes they disappear in the wind though. So she'll never forget. Right. You can actually ask her if you haven't done so, hey Amy, what are you working on right now? She'll send you back, hey, I'm in the midst of setting up these four meetings, I've done all my part, I'm waiting for John uh, to reply to my second reminder, by the way. So you can sit back and say, oh, that's why it's delayed. John, that fucker. Why can't he just respond to her emails? But I know he's lazy, so all is good. So she is always aware of what's being worked on. That's one. Two, Jesse sends out just a, uh, let's call it a little timesheet. Come the end of the week, hey, Alright, this is what I've been working on this last week. I set up 17 meetings for you. Still got four in the works. Assume those will get finished over the next few days. So he's extremely aware of what's going on. So now, another question. This is sort of specific to me, but I think it's applicable. If, for instance, could I set it up so that uh, if Amy schedules a meeting or an interview for me for the podcast, then she knows that she also has to send that person a few pre-interview questions in the invite. In the invite. So... You can, you can ask her today to change things, such as, Amy, I want the meeting to be called this. This is one of those meetings where you just want everything to be perfect, right? right? So I need the title to be this. Or Amy, could you add this to the notes field? Yeah. You have three or four bullets, you add it to the notes field. What I want her to be able to do, which she does not do just yet, is to be aware of the fact that this is yet another interview. Right. You kind of have some sort of schema in place for your interviews, so she should really just be able to do that for you because you work together. She can't do that just yet. Sure. You kind of do it on a meeting-per-meeting basis, but she can certainly do that. What we're also working on, which she does not do yet, is this whole idea of, and this is for the kind of future business editions. I think there's a really good productivity hack, not even hack, requirement, in businesses, not allowing meetings to happen inside the organization unless there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. Imagine that you're not allowed to send out an invite without an agenda. Yeah. Amy would say, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't send out the invite unless you send me the agenda. No random meetings willy-nilly about this and that. No, you need an agenda. We also want her to be able, in our business edition, to kind of follow up and say, so you had the meeting. I'm actually required to send out at least some conclusion from this meeting. Can you send that over so I can send that to the participants? That push people to not just sit and chat for half an hour, an hour, because that's expensive, yeah. but to take notes, because I know Amy's going to hunt me down for it later. So, okay, so here's another primer. Can I tell Amy, you know, I, I'd like to do like several podcast interviews in a row and then, you know, coffee and in-person meetings and phone calls, I can do that in the afternoon so that she starts batching things rather than have like an interview run out for coffee, interview back at the office. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, uh, it's a really good question. It's extremely hard. Yeah. Because it does not depend on you and Amy. It depends on you and Amy and four random people. Right. For which we've got no control over their schedules, their availability. So we... Do try, and the way, or the best way for you to kind of arrange this in her current incarnation is to kind of tighten the constraints. Right. Set something up for Thursday afternoon. Set something up for Thursday afternoon. Set something up for Thursday afternoon. Those were the three requirements for those three podcasts. Then she'll try to kind of squeeze it in. Right, okay. But it would be nice if you said, 
hey, Sesame up with these three people, and she's smart enough to kind of recognize that, oh, they're all in Midtown. Let's not have Dennis fiddle around in Midtown on three random days. That was my next question. Honestly, she's not there yet, but that's exactly what we want to work on. So yeah. this is, I really like that. There's nothing sadder for me. It's going to spend 45 minutes to get up there, do my 30 minutes, spend 45 minutes to get back again, and right. kind of cluster it. Right, of course. Okay. It is just very hard because you have this guest dependency. Yeah, sure. So right now it's, it's a waiting list to, to use, Amy. But when, I mean, so people listen to the podcast, for instance, when, when could they try it or can they? Or? So first of all, we pull people off the wait list every day. Yeah. But it's still a wait list. And I don't see us going to market until the weather gets a whole lot better than it is right now. <laughs> Not just uh, because of the no, snow no storm, but a whole lot better than the weather is today. So uh, sometime when they uh, pick that pair of shorts and put them on, they should expect us uh, slowly going to market. Okay. And That's we're going to go to market with three editions. One, a actually free edition for where you can just use Amy as is. She'll be Amy at x.ai. Or you can use the pro edition for a cup of coffee for where you can rename her and you can do unlimited uh, scheduling and those kind of expected pro uh, features. Right. And then a business edition for where you can bring her over to your own domain. You'll pay me a couple of cups of coffee. You can have an admin. You can set up your own users have the proper security applied and all of that good stuff. Right. Okay, great. Very much as expected. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I definitely recommend people get on the waiting list because it's a, it's a really cool service. So, the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews is, what are the top th- your top three tips for people to be more effective? So, I still personally run off the inbox zero concept. All right. I tell everybody that. Once you get there, and it might look like you'll never get there because you're running at 1700 right now, you're probably better off in just one night, close your eyes, delete all of them, take the pain that comes from the 12 things that you missed and say, today's the day. Because inbox zero, have you spent so much less time, even though conceptually it looks like, no, 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 I'll be spending more time now because I've convinced myself to kind of hit zero every night. You know what? going to spend less time because what happens when you don't do zero is that I've got three things that are somewhat connected in my inbox don't do that inbox zero that's my first tip I'm a huge fan couldn't agree more Um, two if you have a job which most of us do use your calendar even though you're the most hardcore engineer for where when I speak to you Dennis, I've got no meetings. I don't use my calendar. And I try to explain to him, you know what? I've got a ton of respect for you. You're one of my best engineers. But let's be honest. You do have meetings. You might mentally describe them as something else, but I can certainly tell you that you were at the all hands that we did, and we do that every quarter. You're there at the scrum meeting every two weeks. You're there at the engineering meeting every Monday morning. You're there at the 10-minute stand-up every morning. You might call them something else. Heck, I saw you with the data science guys yesterday at the whiteboard. It's called the meeting. <laughs> so, you might describe them as something else. Work that calendar. There's something where if you know 
that a promise I made, you can take that out of your kind of mental set of notes and put them on your calendar, it provides a ton of freedom. And I love just knowing that. I don't need to remember, remember anything. I just look at my calendar. What's up for today? It's not like they're random things. They're things that I put on my calendar. I love them. So that's two. Actually, use your calendar. Even if you only have five things, it's a just remove it from your conscious. So that I'm certainly a huge fan of. Then, and, and this might uh, be a little bit harder, but I've slowly moved it from my kind of business setting to my personal setting as well. This whole uh, paperless office, we talked about it for decades, right? Uh, and it seems like a fantasy because if you look up any statistic, we never printed more papers than we do uh, today. Yeah. However, we sit, you and I, in a co-working space, so I don't have any drawers. So it's simply out of necessity, I force myself to scan everything. And scan, again, sounds so dramatic. Scan really means a poor man scanner, a.k.a. iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just get it straight. I use, uh, or the whole company, we're 27 guys, or 27 propeller heads in a couple of rooms, and that's that. We use Google Drive, anything which we get, I immediately take a picture, I store it, I throw the paper away. I've had a laugh about it probably for a decade long, even in my last venture, which we had an exit on last year, we were paper-based. Things from the IRS, offer letters, agreements, sales contracts, the whole thing was actually in paper form. When you do that due diligence at the end, it's a major pain in the ass. Yep. This time, when I say I'm 100% digital, it's true because I've got nowhere to put it. <laughs> I just started uh, three or four weeks ago at home and I'm baffled why uh, I didn't do it before. Just little things like receipts on that uh, Nespresso machine that I bought my wife, just in case it breaks and it's still under warranty, then it's, I had a little kind of folder at home, it's just retarded. Now I move to that. So inbox zero, use your calendar, go paperless. Those are my three tips. Uh, those are wonderful. Well, so Dennis, this has been really, really fun for me. What uh, Give people the URL again so they can check out Amy and sign up for the waiting list. So go to x.ai. Which is an awesome URL, by the way. <laughs> and uh, on that page, it'll say that we schedule meetings. And there's a big-ass input field. You add your email, you click submit, and you're on the list. Great. Well, Dennis, thank you so much. You're most welcome. Hey, it's Ari again. Thanks for listening to today's show. As I promised at the beginning of the show, I am going to tell you more about the Less Doing Live event in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. Then I will tell you how you can earn a free copy of the Less Doing More Living book. Less Doing Live is an event I am putting on with Business Research Group in New York City. We have designed this event to give you and a small group of Less Doing fanatics a personal quality experience. We are limiting this event to 150 participants in Manhattan to make sure that I get a chance to meet and hang out with every one of you. Now, here's why this event is different. You see, most business conferences are just a series of speeches on a stage where smart speakers get up and give you tons of great information. In fact, it's usually so much that you don't know what to do with it all. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I have designed this event to make you take action. 
But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I've designed this event to make sure you do take action. Because the only way to make big changes in your life is to invest in yourself. And that's not only an investment of your money, because you can always earn more of that, but rather an investment of your time, which is something so precious because you can never get it back. So at this event, we're not just going to talk. On the first morning, Dave Asprey and I are going to share with you the latest cutting-edge tips on how to hack your productivity and biohack your body. But then that afternoon, it's going to get really exciting when we break down into small groups and get you into workshops to solve your biggest problems in productivity. What are the workshops going to be? They'll be designed to help you tackle the fundamental problems that stop 99% of the world from realizing their full potential. Getting your email down to inbox zero and mastering your communications with the world? Or a scheduling class where you can learn how to automate your schedule to the point where you will have a calendar working for you? Or an outsourcing class where you can learn how to get rid of 95% of the things that you shouldn't be doing on a daily basis? We're also going to have a biohacking class that's going to include nutrition and help you master your body and your life. Which one of these classes should you attend? Well, that's where my last doing certified coaches come in. Before we even let you get to the event, you have to speak to one of our coaches so that we can talk to you and see if the event is right for you. That way we can make sure that we truly help you. So to get to the event, you just need to enter your email and then register to speak to one of our Less Doing Certified Coaches in a free 45-minute coaching call where you will learn the one area of your life that you need the most help with and will get the most impact out of. Now, as a special gift to you for joining this free coaching call, I want to recognize your commitment to your productivity by giving you a free copy of the book, Less Doing, More Living. Thanks for listening.